Our scripture lesson this morning is from 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, verses 9 through 12, which you can find on page 153 in your New Testament Bible in the pew. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Listen to the voice of the Spirit speaking to the church. Good morning. Have you seen the big chalkboard thing out there? It says, what brings you joy at the top? And you can use chalk and write what you like. One of you wrote short sermons. <clears throat> Not sure how I feel about that. I, is that a compliment that we give short sermons? Or it, at least it doesn't say shorter sermons would bring you joy, I guess. Anyway, let's pray. Holy One, we ask you to center us in this moment and be fully present for a good word uh, from you this morning. We pray in Christ's good name. Amen. So I've been thinking about our fall theme, um, joy as an act of resistance, for weeks now what joy is, really, and how, it, how is it different from happiness, and how do you get more of it, and where does it come from, really? And I really thought I was getting somewhere. You know, I, and by Saturday, I had, I, Saturday night, I had my sermon all done. I felt so good about it that Laura and I, we actually went to the movies last night. That never happens. We saw Peanut Butter Falcon, by the way. Very good. You should see it. And before the movie, we're having a quick dinner, and I am, I'm sharing about the sermon, and I'm telling her about all of the multiple brilliant insights I've had into joy, and her f face starts kind of squinching up while I'm talking, and when I'm done, she basically says that's not what she thinks joy is like at all, and proceeds to describe something totally different that's actually better than anything that I had come up with. So... I'm not sure what to tell you. I, for, for three little letters, this word joy has uh, been awfully tough. This was your idea, wasn't it? This whole, this whole theme that we would have. Um, so what follows is something, some thoughts on something that may or may not have something to do with what we call joy. So let's start with something I think I, I do know. And that is that a lot of people, myself included, have a, have a complicated relationship with joy. We like joy. We say we'd like to have more joy in our lives. We, we feel like we could have a beer with joy. But when it comes time to vote, we're, we're not sure joy has, has the chops to get the job done. Because joy can sometimes seem like a close cousin to 
to less responsible words like flighty or fanciful or whimsical. Joy evokes images of, of wiffle ball and balloons, puppies, which are all fine for the weekend, but when Monday comes, we also want to be taken seriously. And for many of us, there are few fates worse than being seen as, as silly or incompetent or, or childish. And so thinking it best not to take any chances, I think a lot of us learn to dampen our joy. We, we curb our enthusiasm. I also think it's true that we are afraid of joy. Or maybe more precisely, we are afraid of the pain when joy inevitably turns to sorrow. The higher we climb, the farther that we fall. And after life has taken us out at the knees a few times, we are a little more cautious about getting back up. We start to keep a lower profile. We set the joy cruise control at a reasonable 55 and hope that we get through this unscathed. Which is all to say there are plenty of good reasons not to fly our joy flag. Which is why I have started to have greater appreciation for those who do. The enthusiastic, the gleeful, the blissful, the chipper. Maybe sometimes brazen exuberance is a sign of, of immaturity or denial or naivete. But these days I admire anyone who can walk out the door of their house into this world and everything that we have to worry about and still manage to have a grin on their face. That is joy as an act of resistance. And of course, exuberance isn't the only way joy shows up in the world. There are very joyful people who, who approach it with a more laid-back vibe. Joy can look like contentment or serenity, peacefulness. There's, there's trampoline joy, and then there's lying in a hammock joy. Right? And they both require a good bit of bravery and faith. But what really is joy? What causes it? Where does it come from? Like I said at the start, I feel less sure about what I'm talking about the more I talk about it. But I did a little exercise that I, you could try. I wrote down some of the most joyful moments that came to me of my life. And I was surprised by the kind of things that came up. There were the big moments, getting married, the day my children were born. I expected those. What I didn't expect were times like this. A time when I was 10 years old, and I'm walking through a field of grass. I'm, I think it's just across the street from my house. I'm probably just going to see a friend. And nothing really happens. But I just remember stopping and suddenly I'm so aware of the trees and the clouds and the way the wind's blowing. It's like everything has come alive, really alive. And like I'm really alive. And then there was the time just a few years ago when I was building that stone hermitage in my backyard that some of you know about. 
what my wife calls the very expensive tough shed. And I'd been trying to cut the cedar rafters for the roof of it. And it wasn't going all that well, I remember, but I'm still having a great day. It's October and the, the sunlight's coming in low through the, the locust tree in our backyard has turned uh, yellow and so it's just golden light and it's warm. And I'm standing there on the ladder, I remember, with the rafter in one hand and a drill in the other. And I'm su suddenly, I feel like I could not be happier. I will never be happier than I am right now. And nothing's really happened, right? I just knew I was just filled with something. And my life in both of those times was just, you know, things were wrong with my life. It's not like everything was perfect. And yet I had this welling up that felt like an aliveness and maybe a connection to things. Um, maybe, maybe a rightness with the world. It reminded me, Clover, when you talked last week about seeing your kids playing and this deer comes out of the woods and, you know, nothing really happens. And it is that joy is what I'm wondering. I was thinking about this just a few days ago. It was Friday and it was early afternoon and I had to go get my daughter from school and I realized that I had just enough time to stop at Chick-fil-A for lunch if I hurried. Now can I just say, holy moly, these people know what they are doing. Am I right? I, I mean, the fries are always hot. They're always friendly to you. And with every bite of the deluxe chicken sandwich, hold the cheese, I felt like I understood joy at a whole new level. <laughs> I really, it was all coming clear. And so once I got back, you know, down from my, my fry high and I returned to the sermon later that day, I wondered if maybe this was one way to think about the difference between what we call happiness and what we call joy. That maybe when we're talking about happiness or, or bliss or, or delight, we're talking about something that depends mostly on the external circumstances, those times when at least for a moment conditions are perfect. Right? You've won the proverbial lottery, you, you got the great job, you met that wonderful person, you, you've taken a bite of the perfect sandwich. And joy is something that looks very much like that on the outside, but the source of it is different. It's coming from something else, something within us that we're not entirely sure why or where it's coming from. Last week in Clover's sermon, she described true joy as God's pulse that beats deep within us and deep within the cosmos. That joy is the heartbeat of God. And, I, and that really resonated with me. I mean, everything you preach resonates with me, of course, but, but that really, really resonated with me. And what if joy is, is what it feels like when we feel God? And I don't mean this metaphorically. It's like, like the sun feels warm and water feels wet and sand feels gritty. What if God feels like joy? Because if that's true, then when joy wells up within us, 
by what gift or grace we don't get to choose. And we don't have to, to, to worry that, that, it's, that we're being silly or that it's uh, childish or naive to feel that. And we, and we don't have to tamp it down so that we can be respectable. Because quite the opposite of seeing things unrealistically, what we're experiencing then is a window into the way things actually are. The Apostle Paul wrote in his first letter to the Corinthians that the way life looks to us now is not a clear reflection of the way things are. For now, he said, it's like we're looking through this mirror and the light's bad and everything's distorted. And so I wonder if those times when we feel what I'm going to call joy because I don't know what else to call it, times when we feel this aliveness and, and a connection to things and maybe a rightness with the world. I wonder if just for a moment or two, it's like the mirror comes into focus and the joy we feel is not because we're wearing rose-colored glasses distorting the, the true dark reality, but that we're getting a glimpse of how things look when the dark lens comes off. And we're seeing things clearly. Wouldn't that be something? So these days I'm trying to pay more attention to the times when my heart wants to just open up and be glad and grateful for no apparent reason. The ways even in the midst of a hard day when there is plenty to worry about, I sometimes get the feeling that things are okay even when by the looks of things they're not. For now, we know only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. For now, we see only in a mirror, dimly. But then we will see face to face, and we will know fully, even as we have been fully known. I hope so. I also hope they have Chick-fil-A.